I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, a crime story. Actually, it's a story about a crime trend. More and more people are having things stolen from them, whether it's phones, bikes, or cars, and then are immediately able to track their stuff as it moves around using technologies like Bluetooth. In most cases, the victims then call police for help. But what happens next can be complicated. For one thing, these aren't always high-priority calls for police, at least in a big city like San Francisco. And if your tracker app suggests your phone is inside someone's home, behind a door, the cops can't just break it down. My colleague, Chronicle reporter Megan Cassidy, is here. She's been looking into the trend and interviewing a bunch of victims. She found that these gray areas are leading some people to worry about the danger of civilians getting involved and perhaps confronting a thief. And in the midst of Megan's reporting, guess what? Her car was stolen in San Francisco. She tracked it and she called the police. Megan, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on, Megan. I want to start with your stolen car caper. First, (laughs) how many location-based trackers do you have in your car? We have three, actually. There's one that goes on the keys that helps us from misplacing them. The other one is just the car itself. We have an app that tracks it. It's a Subaru app. And then the third one we have on our baby's car seat. We saw a story a couple months ago about it that had a baby getting stolen in his car seat and just couldn't stop thinking about it and got trackers ourselves. All right. And to be clear, these are Apple AirTags, right? I think you said. Yes, Apple AirTags. Came out last year. It's really accelerated this trend. Right. Okay, Megan, let's go to the afternoon of May 19th. What happened to you? All right. So I was uh, running late for a court hearing, parked on the street, quickly paid the meter, ran into court. And as I was sitting in the courtroom, I get a text from my partner, Miguel, who says, the car alarm just went off. Is that you? And so I was thinking to myself, Well, and tried to write him back a profanity and to say, no, it was not me. But And this is this is the Subaru app, right? Yes, this is this is through the Subaru app, right? In the courthouse, though, there's not great service. So I tried to text him back. It's not me. My text didn't go through. And then his following texts also didn't come through until I left the courtroom. And then they just came tumbling out. It was Oh, my God, are you okay? Are you in the car? Uh, What's happening right now? Now The car's moving. Yeah, the car's moving. The door's ajar. All these things are happening at once. And so I run back to where my car was thinking that, like, okay, maybe a window was broken or, you know, somebody um, hotwired it. And it wasn't until then that I realized that my keys were not in my bag. So somebody got really lucky because I'm pretty sure I just dropped them right next to the meter. Okay, so the car's gone. Car's gone. And you call 911, I assume. Yep, I call 911. You know, I'm feeling just humiliated at this point, panicked. And uh, you know, just say, like, can you please help? My uh, my boyfriend is is tracking this. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I said at the time that we have three different trackers, but sent them over to Miguel, who gave them the information blow by blow where the car was going. You know, meanwhile, I'm just kind of, standing there. I feel kind of paralyzed at that minute. I, like, I don't know what to do. But it was really only within about 10 minutes that I got a call back from the same dispatcher saying, uh, we found your car. All right. Well, let's get back to that in a bit, though. Miguel was the one tracking the car. You mentioned that he said 
Megan, don't confront anybody, right? Because right. he knew something was going on. He he knows perhaps, Megan, that you are prone to perhaps confronting people. I don't think I don't think that I would do that. But I, I will admit that the thought crossed my mind. Okay, you know, San Francisco isn't a super violent city, and if somebody, I, I figured that if I came, if I did walk up to somebody that was stealing stuff from my car, maybe they just run away. You know, I'd assess the situation. But yes, okay. it, it right. crossed my mind. <laughs> But that that question of danger is at the heart of your story. You talk to a lot of people. What did you find when you spoke to people who got in this scenario? Again, immediately tracking a stolen item, whether it's a bike, a phone, a car, and they call police. So, yeah, I mean, in a, in a city like San Francisco, we're filled with early tech adapters. Um, a lot of people are starting to really become accustomed to taking security into their own hands. And that's affording more people the opportunities to do something about it, to see a picture of their thief or to follow their lost item. And so they're able to do this. This is really important, like case-cracking information that they can hand over to police right away. But then from there, it gets kind of muddy. There's not really a clear policy of what police can or will do in this situation. And so what I found in the reporting is there there is just a huge range of outcomes that can happen after you after you make that initial call saying like hey I know where my stuff is. And what kind of range are we talking about? I mean first of all, do police respond to these things? I would say that the short answer is um a soft yes. In my case, I think because the uh the car was still in motion, they responded right away. And probably at the time, you know, it's uh, like a Tuesday afternoon. They're probably not responding to violent crimes, shootings. In other cases, they're going to have other things going on and saying like, hey, we can't get to you right now. We'll send someone out tomorrow. In in other cases, uh, victims have told me that they just say like, hey, we, we can't do anything about this right now. Please go fill out a report. Or uh, in at least one other case, Police said, like, go, you know, get eyes on your car. You know, it's stopped right now. You know where it is. Make sure you go see it. We'll come meet you there. Okay. So perhaps don't put yourself in danger, but drive to the scene of the crime. Right. All right, Megan, I want to ask you about some of these particular scenarios that these victims told you about and what police did. First, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle reporter Megan Cassidy. We're talking about, first of all, her car being stolen and her tracking its location in real time. We haven't yet told our listeners what happened in that scenario. But Megan, you talked to a bunch of people who had similar things happen. Bikes, phones, computers, cars, luggage being stolen and tracking it down. Let's talk about some of these scenarios. First of all, a person's car is stolen. They're tracking it on their app. What happens? I know you talked to somebody that was in this precise situation. Yes, his name is Ronan. He had his truck stolen. This was actually the third time that he had it stolen. And so, you know, this time he was ready. He tracked it over to India Basin while he was driving there in his other car, called police, and uh, got eyes on it, and police came. And then they told him, okay, 
you know, stand back. We've got this. And the police started following this stolen truck. But then the guy refused to pull over and sped off. So the problem here is that police in San Francisco and um, and a lot of cities have really shied away from getting into high-speed chases because they're very dangerous. So unless it, it is a really violent situation or extenuating circumstances, they're not going to get into a high-speed chase. So if someone doesn't want to pull over, they don't really have to. And so police came back to him and said – he didn't pull over. We can't get into a chase. We also can't, you know, follow him around all day till his gas runs out. But, you know, if he stops the car again, gets out, call us back and we'll come. We'll come again. Well, what if he stops for gas and you see him stop at the gas station for five minutes? In that case, police can come. They can they can arrest him or uh, intervene in some way, I, I suppose. And so this did happen a few times that the guy did stop and get out of the car, walk around, do something, and then police would come again, and then he would just drive off. And so this this little cat and mouse game played out for uh, what, what Ronan said was about three hours until he finally just fled altogether. The suspect wasn't arrested. Police did come, and he got his car back. There was somebody else's purse in it by that point. But, you know, I guess... So sort of a happy semi, ending. Semi-happy ending, yes. Okay, second scenario, Megan. Stolen property that you are tracking is seen sort of pinging from inside a, a an apartment, a home, a hotel room. What happens? This one is a much more difficult scenario, even to get your stuff back, even short of an arrest, Because police, like in any case, need a search warrant to enter into a uh, a residence. And so I talked to a man named Kenny who uh, got his luggage stolen from where where he thinks was a baggage carousel at SFO. Started seeing it, you know, traveling across town, ended up in a Super 8 motel. And, you know, he, he went through the motions, filled out a police report, Finally got frustrated enough that he just told police, I'm going to go there myself. Police agreed to meet him there, but they knocked on the door from where the luggage is pinging from, and a man answered and said, you need a warrant. And so police said, we, we can't do anything. And th- this situation I, was really confusing to me because my immediate question is, well, why not get a warrant? <laughs> is uh, this, se- this seems like pretty good probable cause. But when I talked to police, they said it, it, it isn't that simple. The judges aren't just going to sign a search warrant only because something is pinging from in there. You have to have more evidence. So what happened in this case to Kenny? Kenny ultimately got his luggage back, but not the stuff inside it. And the reason he got it back was because it was left in somebody's front yard and he had uh, his phone number on it. So he, he got his suitcase back. All right, Megan, one more scenario. You spoke to a woman named Anice who had her electric bike stolen from her apartment building's garage last year. Yes, and uh, she was also able to track it down. She found it uh, near a homeless encampment, and she saw that there were some people in the encampment. And so police weren't able to meet her there at the time. She didn't want to leave without her bike, so she was riding her wife's bike, rode up a little bit farther, got a construction worker to come and escort her back 
and they they confronted the thief and she did end up getting her bike back. And what about the thief? The thief got arrested. She went back to the construction site. She called police again, said that she turned over the video of the confrontation that she had taken while the construction worker was with her and that police went back and arrested this man. Okay, Megan, back to your case. When we left off, your car was gone. Your partner, Miguel, was tracking it, and then it stopped. You go over there. What happened? So by then, the thief was gone, as was my really nice stroller. It was the best thing that I got from my baby shower, but it's okay. Sorry about the that. Car, the car was still in one piece. The bumper was kind of hanging off. But, you know, overall, just just enormous sense of relief. But the keys aren't there. And that's a problem because I I can't just stay there with the car until Miguel comes from Oakland with the spare key. The cop can't doesn't have time to stay with me either. And uh, and so we end up getting the car towed and, uh, you know, went and filled out a police report, went to the um, impound lot, got it back. But, you know, all, all things considered, I, I think that I was pretty lucky. To be clear, they did not say dust for fingerprints. No, the no, they didn't. And I honestly, I didn't even think to ask. OK, San Francisco is a big city. We've written a lot about, you know, the the sort of merits of of doing these lower priority cases for police. Right. All right. Megan, the keys are still gone. What happens? So, you know, my initial thought is that I would just have to get the locks replaced, but it seemed like that would be really expensive to do. And at this point, the keys are like, it looks like, well, the, the tracker is still pinging from that same block where the car had been left. And so Miguel and I just decided to try to get them back on our own. Thought it would be, you know, super low priority for police, didn't want to bother them. So uh, we went back over there the next day. Keys seemed to be pinging from this area where a group of people were on the curb. We just, you know, kind of played dumb, said, like, oh, hey, I dropped my keys. Anybody see them? And, uh, you know, when you when you get close enough to a tracker, you can ping it and it, and it sends out a beeping noise. And we saw them hanging from a tree branch. I think that the thief maybe tried to throw them over this wall uh, where there's a little city park, got stuck in a tree. But we had a very happy ending. Megan, that's great. But but to be clear, this air tag that was on your keychain, it's supposed to help you if you like drop your keys between the couch cushions, right? Not so much. Right, right. Or, or I mean, you know, leave them at a friend's house or something. Um, Apple and Tile and and uh, these other competing companies, they do not market their products as a way to go vigilante and and go try to find your uh, your stolen items. They're Really, to help you find lost items, I think that no company is going to want to take the responsibility for what could happen in in these volatile situations. But here we are. Here we are. Megan Cassidy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle reporter Megan Cassidy. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. (laughs) 